Hey, Danger Dangers here with a quick announcement. The nomination window for the 2024 Crit Awards closes on May 31st, and it would mean the world to us to have your help getting on the ballot. A link to the nomination form, as well as a document with some of our suggested responses, is in the episode description. But that being said, please feel free to vote for whichever shows you are most passionate about. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real play podcast loosely based on Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I am your host slash Crypt Keeper. So for this episode, we did not have Ben with us, so we are doing the promised Imhotep Solo Hell episode. And it is starting exactly where he left off, after refusing the deal with Glacia and throwing himself into the font of all magic, turning himself back into a mummy again. So, without further ado, let's jump back to Imhotep's journey through Hell, already in progress. And you march your way through Nessus. You slough your way through Cania, and you're right back in Mephistopheles' lab for another spin on the wheel. Yay, the soul is back, the soul is back, the soul is back. The soul is back, the soul is back, the soul is back. Gah! <laughs> the soul is flaky this time. <laughs> uh, nine this time. You said nine? That was a nine, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Dan, is there any metal in this room? that you would think of. Various scientific tools all spread out throughout the table. Any little uh, metal supports for beakers, uh, like scalpels, start to shake and slide and start ping, 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 And you, Emotep, are now magnetic. Good. Okay. That's gonna suck! <laughs> oh no! You know what we're gonna do? Because I probably should have done this instead of eat myself into the magic stream. <laughs> you know what I probably should have done? He's going to kind of squirm as all this metal hits him. And I'm just gonna cast Dispel Magic mm. on myself. Can I do that? You can, but how does Mephistopheles feel about that? <laughs> no, Dan, Dan. I can't do that anymore. Oh, that's right. Oh, right. He can't cast Dispel Magic on himself. <laughs> no, because I'm anti-magic susceptible oh. now that I'm a mummy again. <laughs> Question, does his soul, because it's still like a soul manifestation of his physical form, does it still have the same qualities that a Dispel Magic on Emotep's body would? I would say yes. Yes? Okay. For simplicity's sake. Fine. He's just going to kind of look at Mephistopheles and be like, Thank you for the wonderful <laughs> gift. The giant tail sways. And he's going to keep just pushing the boulder, shaking every once in a while to try and shake something off. All right, you make your way out of Cania, out of that laboratory, through the upper portions, marching your way through the snow as the storm is subsiding behind you, and passing back to Maladomini, where the ice devils all still standing around the cave entryway, have just kind of stopped talking and are all lazing about taking a mental break as you hear one of them say, 
All right, I'm just, I, I just can't do this anymore. Let's just. Imhotep comes up and he goes, it's quite simple. I had to lie to you, but when I decided I didn't want to lie to you anymore, I didn't have to lie to you anymore. It's not as hard as you guys are thinking it. Also, when I told you about the nature of the curse, then I was allowed to speak about it normally, but otherwise I had to lie to you. Okay, carry on. He's just gonna say <laughs> shit to just confuse them and get them going again. Wait, was that a lie or was that the truth? Don't worry about it, bye-bye! And they all stand back up and say, no, 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 not this again! But I, I just need to know! <laughs> Alright, and you make your way back through the gilded cave city metropolis of Maladomini. Alright, so as you, now in your new form, roll up your boulder through Maladomini, up to Ball's door, you hear him in his office kind of talking to themselves... Funny, funny, funny. Words are funny. Misused phrases are funny. That we often interpret the opposite for them as time goes and time changes them. The blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb. Early bird gets the worm. Second mouse gets the cheese. Quick minds think alike, but fools some differ. Jack of all trades, master of none, often times better than none. And my personal favorite. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Welcome back, my lost soul. I... Oh, no. Did the cats desiccate you? I didn't know that could happen to a soul. Um, <laughs> uh, funny story. Uh, they did weird things to my body. I did not feel comfortable with them. And so I threw myself into a magic stream. And look, this is how I look up there. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, fascinating. The most important thing that Evotep can now do is he can have the bandages hold the boulder and kind of step out from behind it. A wonderful use of your accessories. Thank you. The hair was nice, but it was it was not as practical. Hmm, it's a shame. I didn't quite like the hair. Now you're being honest with me, I see. Yes. Not that's a shame. I quite liked the game. Well. Anyways, did you bring any information about our sweet dear Asmodeus? Before I share, this is not me signing any contracts with you yet. Is it? No, of course not, my dear. Only in the crucial moment when we need it. I'm actually working on putting your contract together. I've got some things happening in the background. I'm making some calls to some resources, I should say. Oh, James! And in you see run in this tiny little purple imp with these thin little legs, just tippy-tappy-tippy-tappy-tippy-tappy, bringing a stack of paperwork that far exceeds the height of this little creature. Yes, my illustrious, beautiful, Balzabul. <laughs> oh, James, you're so good at the flattery. That's why I like to keep you around. Thank you. And he pinches up that two ball is this tiny little sheets of paper that is in comparison this huge stack to James. I guess my good friend this is one of my many little minions aren't they just the sweetest thing? As long as they are not covered in grease. Oh god no. I would dare. Thank you James you've been most kind. 
It was my pleasure. And James is going to give a once over to Imhotep and, uh, I don't know, give a little wink and a tail shake and (laughs) say, by the way, there's no grease, but I can, how do you say... Lube up your le- nope. I'm um, nope. 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 <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh my god! No. Oh. oh right, that's the end. Dark everybody. Have a good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Is there something else you'd like him to say to Emotep? Okay. If you're ever in the the neighborhood again, please reach out. I'm sure we can have some fun with. A look of the draw. And then he scampers off. Thank you for the cameo, Kendra. Thank you. I am so red. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, then Balzabul looks through their papers and says, But I need to know what we're working with in order to really stitch something together to... To spite him. I might even be able to spite that damn cat too. If things come together. He kind of takes a moment and he says, I do not believe that he expects me to actually make it out of here. Hmm. He has withheld signing a contract until I have come to realize that his is the best offer available on the table. Hmm. So as of now, this is just a game to him. Just a game. That's the thing about Asmodeus. He does have, believe it or not, a bit of humor. But he doesn't play games pointlessly. There's always a means to his ends. Interesting. I will say, my good friend, you called him out for not having a contract, yet he did not make you sign one. He has, well, the current game, since it is not a contract, is that I push this boulder all the way through your hells and land in a place called Avernus, and it is there that he will offer me a contract and give me his stamp to leave. Fascinating. Fascinating indeed. Why would he need you to meet in Avernus? I'll have to think about that. But in the meantime, I will say, my friend, you have a treat given to you. If you're in dealings with Asmodeus and he does not put words in front of you, no strict contract, no exact dealings, then you have the power, my dear. You can do anything. You're not trapped here. You don't have to spin this boulder up the hill. There's nothing walking you into this path. If you decide to still work with Asmodeus, which I wouldn't recommend, he has many machinations and things and places and cogs spinning, you can flesh the deal with a little, perhaps. But before I sell you down that avenue, I might have a little treat for you that could get you out of these hells immediately. You are the second to offer me such a deal. Obviously, you didn't take the first. What sat sour with you that first go? You devils bargain with one very specific thing. A thing I have already promised to a god. My soul. What if I were to say to you, 
Your deal to get out of these hells will not lock your soul with me. As wonderful as that would be, I've grown quite fond of you. You see, my issue with Asmodeus and a lot of these godly beings that stay out of the business and do their own things from the sidelines that they don't play the game. They don't play the game until things really hit the fan. Asmodeus is trying to make things work in perfect order, trying to level everything out in order for it to work in perfect, quiet harmony as if there is nothing. But that's not how life works. Life doesn't work in perfect harmony, cogs spinning just as they should. Life is good. Life is fun. When there's a little bit of chaos, a little bit of imbalance, if the ocean decided to stop moving altogether, all life in it would die. So, what I will ask of you, my friend, a little present for me in exchange for helping you out of these hells, is I need to upset his perfect balance a little more. I dare not go into much more details than that, because our good friend Asmodeus sits quietly at the bottom of his lair listening to everything all the way back up to the top of the verse. But if it would so entreat you, I think I have a friend that can rip you from the hells and bring you back up where you belong merely by reaching your hand out to them. And the collateral and the calamity would merely take place here in hell, far from you, far from your business. And you would be back where you need to be. You'd be back in your own chaos, I promise you. I won't lie to you about that. It's not looking so good up there. And if you don't believe Asmodeus will let you complete this journey, that sounds like you're going to spend a lot of time down here rolling a boulder. Who is this friend that you speak of? I have a few connections out in the different layers. This one is not necessarily infernal. They might not be that unfamiliar to you, if that helps. You're speaking of something abyssal. <laughs> and you see a little smile creep across his face. Does that spoil the deal? I hate you both so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's your choice, ultimately, if you want to keep rolling this bullet for who knows how long and to let your friends up above do what they do to not great ends as it's looking. Or you can pop up there and sort things out yourself. I just need a little... a little pair, a little puncture, a little something to tip the balances, to swing the pendulum so that it may swing back ever stronger in the opposite direction. If I take this bargain, what would become of my soul? Will I be left to the abyssal powers? No more than you were previously. You would not be in my hands, but you would be outsourced, let's say. But it is not something that looked so terrible to you before. 
He kind of flexes his hand, kind of rubs his arm. <laughs> and you know what? It would really stick it to that disgusting cat down below. That horrible little Mephistopheles would be so angry his little experiments had run through. He kind of perks up a little bit, and he kind of looks at Baal and says, I am not saying that if you were to launch something upon him, kind of looks to his back where all the beakers and stuff is, that he might be missing some equipment. <laughs> you see, if this is sounding like something you might want to do, it's not something you have to do immediately. Actually, I prefer if you didn't do it immediately, because as soon as you reach out to your old friend and pull them through so they can pull you out, you would create a little tear, a little extra backdoor, per se. And I think it would be a nice present to our dear detached Asmodeus and that uninvolved cat Mephistopheles, if we were to do it around their lairs, they're all so far away from the fun, such a shame. I have heard your offer and I will think on it. Doing an awful lot of thinking here, you are all offering me a lot of things. <laughs> and I know how you work, I understand that they're generally not things I want to accept. So I will think. Carry on, continue your mission. I hope you enjoy your tour of the hells. It's been something so far. <laughs> Alrighty then, Tupaloo. Speak with you soon. Hopefully not, but you're probably right. And uh, pushing the boulder up again. Alright, so you make your way out of Maladomini, back towards the Brimstone Staircase that spirals its way up the mountain towards the volcano face that is overflowing with lava. And this time, as you continue your way through, you wrap around the sides of it, bypassing the interior prison office, making your way past the window where Glacia glances out towards you, puts out a cigarette, and stares daggers at you as you roll past her. I'm gonna do the classic Imhotep. Farmer turns your eyes red. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and she blows you up again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she smiles and puts another cigarette at the end of her Cruella DeVille cigarette <laughs> holder. And you make your way spiraling up past the facility. Oh boy. Towards where the temperature begins to once again sharply draw. Oh. And... As this sulfuric volcanic rock face that you are pushing the boulder up gives way towards a more neutral temperature that is very, very rapidly declining. And you can hear the oncoming rushing of water nearby as you approach what would be the entrance to Stygia, the fifth layer. You spiral your way up the hill and continue to see more imps staring you down looking a little confused amongst themselves and questioning whether you're the same person that they invited into their secret club. Oh. Uh, I stick my tongue out at them. Do you have a tongue? Um, 
You know what I do? One of my secret wrappings goes up under my chin and comes out of the tongue. <laughs> Rad inspiration. <laughs> awesome. Okay, it's our friend again. He did the secret handshake. You know what to do. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh. Um, he's going to immediately wrap the bandages around the boulder and do his best as he can to hold on tight when he's getting picked up. So they <laughs> cannot lift you because you are so weighted down by this boulder. And as they are struggling and pulling, they say, All right, looks like we won't be able to get our fun unless we get the big guy. Hey, big guy. Big guy? Oh, no. And you hear the beating of wings as perching on a cliff face facing you. That's a big guy. That's a big guy. That's a big guy. Is a large bony quadrupedal entity with insect-like wings and a scorpion-like tail that wraps around the boulder and lifts the entire package up. Is he part of the club too? Of course he's part of the club. His name's Aaron. Oh. Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking at the founder. Oh, it is a pleasure to meet you. (laughs) He's holding on for dear life to the boulder. And he throws you up in the air, and it comes careening back down with all of the imps scattering before it makes impact. Uh, Good, good, good fun, guys. (laughs) Gets back to pushing the boulder as quickly as he can. (laughs) And this bone devil gives you a quick jab in the back as, like, the devil equivalent of a kick in the butt to get you moving again. (laughs) God, I hate the direction imps have taken. (laughs) It feels right, though. But either way, you begin to approach as the temperature rapidly dips down and snow and ice starts to accumulate before you and you hear the rushing of water as you see the frosted edges of the river Styx that flows through Stygia. And the ground beneath you, the snow turns to ice. And you begin to push the boulder through over the face of a large glacier that is very treacherously connected to this path. And as you look around you, you see rushing water with large icebergs and little islands of ice, I guess. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And you press forward into Stygia. Aaron, Jordan, Grayson, that resource that I said you could have, you may start deploying from here on out. Yay! (laughs) Oh, boy. Editor Dan here. To give the others something to do during this session, I put them in charge of playing a three-headed Gorgon with the ability to deploy enemies at Daniel at will. And as you roll the boulder over onto this glacier face, running towards you on all fours, a lavender imp that is shaped like a gorilla. (laughs) Hell yeah. That is wearing a little fur vest and a balaclava, I guess, is the the word I'm looking for. Yeah, just like a big old scarf around his face. He kind of speeds towards you on all fours, knuckle-dragging, running towards you, and says, Park the boulder there. Uh, 
Can I park it? And gestures towards a large rock face that has a little indent that you can rest the boulder in. Okay, so I roll and I set the boulder into a little rock face. It's like a cup holder. And then he gestures towards a covered safari van and says, Get in and drive. No time to explain. I... Uh, Okay. (laughs) So he gets into the warthog model that you put down on the map. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. In what is effectively a Halo Reach warthog, you jump into a covered wagon safari van with an enormous turret on the back. And as you clamber into this van, you immediately stick to the steering wheel that is made of metal. Oh, no! (laughs) How does his feet affect the pedals? Am I lead-footing it? You are lead-footing it. (laughs) Oh, no. I (laughs) I said it was going to be bad. (laughs) And this gorilla imp, manning the turret, says, I am Agor. I will take you to Levistus. Drive and prepare yourself. I don't think I have much choice. (laughs) And this cart careens forward. I can't break, Dan. I can't break. Can't break. Whenever given the opportunity, I'd like to do one thing and then I'll pass it over. Do your thing. Um, Before anyone sees anything, hearing the warthog (laughs) getting closer and closer immediately goes invisible. All right. Of course you would. <laughs> uh, anyway, the the warthog careens around this snowy, icy path, making its way through large, rocky crevices that are poking out of this iceberg and glacier that you are driving down. And you are skidding and swerving around these corners as you cannot break and pick up an ever-increasing amount of speed. And can I see... Say, before we went invisible, I would like to place a symbol somewhere. And Dan, I will send you where I set the symbol. He's so scared. The warthog continues to advance, and Agor will say to you, We've been having problems here. An uptick in activity from the previous ruler. Levistus will want to speak to you about this. Okay. That's all I got. Yeah. So you careen the warthog up the hill towards a cave face. And as you are driving full speed ahead into the heart of this glacier, you find yourselves suddenly yoinked out (laughs) as you and Agor are now face to face with an ethereal projection of the Devil Lord Levistus. You see a spirit before you that has the underwater physics of Javier Bordem's character in that one Pirates of the Caribbean movie that nobody saw. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I get where you're going for that one, yeah. And he looks chilled over, and there's icicles that hang off of him as he approaches. And he is this, this tall, very suave-looking figure and entity who puts his hand on a sword, flourishes a rapier, and says, You stand before the lord of treachery, the prince of betrayal, the king of deception. They want no mask. (laughs) (laughs) And the icicles around him begin to chatter 
and as he flourishes his rapier, he does the Zoro slash Puss in Boots thing and carves a cursive letter L in the ground before him and poses. Uh, Imhotep, who, is the, who, who has had to have the, the steering wheel detached from the car and still hands it at two and ten. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of has the bandages clap slowly for him. Very good. Because I'm still magnetic and I can't let go of the steering wheel. We had to detach it from the car. Your applause is appreciated, but not necessary. Now what can I do for you? Or better yet, what can you do for me. Oh, I don't want to do anything for you. Um, <laughs> I am on a task from the Devil Lord Asmodeus to push a large boulder. Looks behind him. It's it's back there. I promise. I am very familiar with the boulder trial. Yes, I'm. I'm doing. It's the boulder trial. That's what I'm here for. It's the boulder trial. I see. I am very hesitant to assist that left leg of witch's pantaloon, Asmodeus. <laughs> <laughs> the what? The ingrown hair on the mustache of a poorly groomed teenager that is the king of hell. <laughs> but as you can see, I have little say in the matter. And you can see a little bit of an inky black cloud shifting through the ice around you that you can tell. I'm not going to make you roll anything for it or anything. You can tell that that inky black cloud is the essence of Levistus trapped in the ice as you are speaking to a manifestation <laughs> of him. Okay. I like to imagine he's stuck in the ice, T-posing. <laughs> Wait for his model to reset. Yeah. I was just going to say. He's clipped through and is just falling endlessly through the floor. <laughs> oh, no. This is not the deal that I'm going to propose to you. But if you could do me a favor, well, we are speaking of the king, Asmodeus. If you could just adjust those levers and pulleys right over there. I need to adjust the sails and rudders. Uh, the ocean around us, this river sticks, is getting a bit turbulent. And I would not like our place to crash. Very confused of, like, of all the devils, this is the most brash and, like, different. And so he just kind of walks over to the levers that he says and just kind of, like, puts his hand out towards them, like, which, which, which one do I go for? I need you to pull the one on the left and push the one on the right. He loops the steering wheel around the one on the left and pulls it, <laughs> and then pushes the one on the right with the steering wheel. And a little gust of wind passes you by as you do, and you hear on that wind the faint laughter of Asmodeus as the controls invert. Oh no. And the entire ground beneath you rumbles and trembles, and you see the spiritual figure of Levistus begin to panic and say, No, 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 no! a very violent crash. <laughs> You're all thrown to the ground. <laughs> and he grimaces. <clears throat> Asmodeus. That ketchup stain on the executive's wrinkled dry cleaning order. <laughs> <laughs> I love his insults. Regardless, that is not the deal I will ask for you today. We are having a bit of a difficulty. You see, as I am the one true, glorious, magnanimous lord of treachery, king of the traitors, prince of betrayal. I did not get control of this lane through any simple means. It involved quite a lot of backstabbing. And many years ago, I backstabbed the previous ruler of this lane, who is now seeing in turn time to backstab me. So I need you to take him off the board. And then I shall add my flourish and insignia to this boulder of yours. Can I reverse the order of your deal? I will sign a contract. But if you reduce the size of my boulder, there are 
things that I can do with the boulder then. And I will have a signed contract that I will take care of that which you seek for. I am willing to hear your terms. I understand that you have something you need and I have a reason to push on. I understand how things work here. You all deal with contracts and terms and binding. So I would agree to your terms that I will assist you as best I can. And in turn, you touch my boulder and make it smaller. I would only ask that you do it in the opposite order, that I may utilize the boulder as a tool rather than as Asmodeus's toy. How very deceitful of you. <laughs> this pleases me. And he presents a contract to you that as you look at it, the terms change every time you blink. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't have eyes. <laughs> right. Every time you look away and look back. So he kind of looks at it, looks up at Levistus, crosses his arm. Uh, I'm sorry, crosses his uh, bandages because he can't cross his arms. And Levistus shrugs and says, What did you expect? It is in the name. I am, of course, the Lord of the Hmm. So then why should I agree to sign any contract with you? Well, I suppose you have me there. But seeing as you have already agreed, I shall agree to your terms. The contract disappears with your signature already on it. I do it. He holds his hands. I do not have a way to. Ugh, fine. <laughs> and Agor says, "You did sign that paper yourself and agree to it." I signed it. Did I sign it? Levistus laughs and snaps his fingers. The boulder appears. I admire your spirit, my friend. From one traitor to another, enjoy the sigil of Levistus. And he slashes and does the letter L insignia that he carves into the boulder and the boulder reduces by an eighth in size. It is now half the size that it started and is now, for your purposes, considered medium size. Yay! Now comes the next silly question for the thing that I'm about to do. Do I need to worry about the material components for this spell to cast? Uh, no. We're only going to worry about material components for sixth level spells and up. Anything five or below, we don't have to worry about. That's fair. Uh, he's going to go look at a gore and say... Can you can you help me pull this off? Because he offers the steering wheel to Agor. Oh. <laughs> I kind of need my hands for this next part. All right, I'm going to have Agor roll strength. Uh, that is an unnatural 20. Okay, good. So steering wheel is off. He puts the bandages go two up high, two down low. He kind of makes a circle with his arms. And as he does, the boulder turns from solid rock into clay. And now is when I ask an important question to Dan. Do I have my Kokesh? I would say you do. You have access to uh, your standard equipment that you would have while you're alive. Mm-hmm. He's going to start working and shaping it into a staff with the head of a cobra and a vulture. And he now carries with him a stone staff. And so that is the shape of the boulder now. Nice. Rad. Now, Carrion will not be an easy target, but you will find him lurking deep within the recesses of another one of these such glaciers. You do have the resources of this lair at your disposal. It might do you well to wake up the sleeping ancient white dragon. <laughs> wow, he's so happy. <laughs> I'm sorry, wake the what? As you are now, you will obviously be crushed within mere moments. You simply do not have the fortitude to stand up to the Archfiend Garion. But, if you can convince the Ancient White Dragon to lend you assistance, you might have a fleeting chance. 
Does the dragon have a name? His name is Thanatos, and he resides on property somewhere over there. And he gestures vaguely off to the west. Nemotep kind of looks in that direction and nods. Very well. As you have miraculously upheld your end of the bargain, I will prove to you that I am not a complete and total deceiver and will uphold mine to the best of my ability. And we're going to go meet Thanatos. Levistus chuckles to himself, claps his hands together, and disappears. As you hear him say, I appreciate your candor, but I would not expect you to be able to best the prince of treachery at his own game. And as you leave the cave, the van is now resurfaced and ready to go in a completely different place than when you last left it. <laughs> Looks at the little imp, goes, how did you... You know what? I'm not even going to ask. This is where the jeep crashed. Just staring at him. <laughs> not saying anything. Not changing his eye color or anything. Just staring at him. A little dumbfounded. Levista specializes in mind-based magic, so you might have a few lapses in memory here and there. Oh, shit. Very well. So he gets in, takes a deep breath as his hands go two and ten and lock onto that wheel again. And as you clamp down and lock in to the warthog, <laughs> it speeds off out of that cave. Does anything deploy? Hey, Dan. Can we send three little friends Imhotep's way? Of course. I am saving mine. I'm going to cast a spell in just a little bit. I don't see you two disagreeing. Uh, I just want to wait until it's more demoralizing. <laughs> as you careen out of there, you hear some screeches from the sky. And as you look up, you can see flying in around you are a handful of what look like Furies slash Harpies slash Valkyries. As three Irenies begin to descend from the sky above you, bows drawn... And rather than rolling initiative, you and Agor will go first, and then the Irenes will follow. Okay. Welcome to the run-and-gun portion of this. Yay! Yeah, the run-and-gun. So, as these Irenes start to descend from the sky towards you, Agor, manning the turret, he's going to fire four bullets at one Irene, the one in the lead. And... Two out of four of the bullets hit. Okay. So that's going to knock down 40 HP. So that will end his turn and now go over to you. All right. So I'm going to summon my spiritual weapon. And then I'm going to look at the same... What is it called? An Irenes? Yep. Spelled like Aaron Yes. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Yes. yes and I'm going to cast Sacred Flame. So she they make a dexterity saving throw. My DC is 15. That is 17. That's definitely going to pass my spell save DC. Okay, so that's my turn. Okay. Hey, uh, Gary on my left. What do you think of this guy? Sorry, I was just deciding if I was on your left or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a real goober, is what I did. <laughs> oh, he's a major goober. Hey, Gary on my further left. What do you feel? <laughs> Oh, further Gary's a, a silent type. It's okay, Gary. It's just us. Sorry. I was just kind of contemplating on what I was going to do next. Yeah, yeah you, are, you are the real thinker. Left, left, Gary. Now, Gary on the rise. 
And it's been a long time since we've had to deal with uh, interlopers from Levistis. Uh, what do you think we should do with him? <laughs> I think, uh, let's see how he does against just three. I don't see him getting very far, but if he gets to that annoying little lizard in the wall, then, uh, I think we, uh, we make it a party. <laughs> I can agree to that. I'm totally down for that. Man, your boy's got a lot of gross are real fast. Gary on the further, like, wraparound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad I'm kind of I'm on the other side of that, Gary. No offense, uh, left, left, Gary. Is that the reason why he's called Garyon? <laughs> he's Gary on the left and Gary on the right. <laughs> Alright, anyway, these three Irenees, they're all still within range, so they're gonna stay where they're at and they're all just gonna open fire with their longbows. So that was a nat 20, a 16, and a 7. Good. Uh, Imhotep, what's your armor class? 14. I should have gone with my other idea, which was to turn the rock into a shield. Mm. But you didn't, so. No, that I didn't. <laughs> I went for the thematic one, not the practical. Oh, how dare. <laughs> okay, so one will hit, one will miss, and one will crit. Guys, I don't know if he's going to be a problem that long. It's disappointing to know that your three-earing plan was really all it took. That's, I mean, cool, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really all we needed, alright. Yes, we need a little bit more. It's, uh, it's gonna be great, but I'm already pretty bored with this. Is he a mummy? I think, I think he's a mummy. Yeah, I didn't know you could desiccate souls. How did that happen? Yeah, that's wild. That's some Mephistopheles bullshit right there, I'll tell you what. So one of them's going to hit for 18 damage, the other's going to hit for 10. Okay. I'll actually just combine you two into one unit and give you, Agor, and the Warthog all a collective health and armor class. Mm -hmm. So armor class of 17, you have 80 health collectively. Okay. But you just took 28 damage. Damn. So I'm at 52 HP. Now it's back over to Agor, who's going to open fire at that same one. Three of them hit and one crit. Okay. So that's going to be 100 damage. Okay. So now over to Imhotep. Okay. So I'm going to use my bonus action to move my uh, spiritual weapon and have it do a melee attack. An unnatural 20 to hit. Uh, That'll hit. Okay. So it's going to take 1d8 plus 4. So it's going to take a total of 6 damage, of force damage. Okay. And then I'm going to do another sacred flame. And that is a dex save, correct? Yes. And that is a nine. So that fails. So it's going to take, well, 13 radiant damage. All right, describe your killing blow. Imhotep, both hands on the steering wheel, swerving as best he can with the fact that he can't, you know, do hand over hand. (laughs) As his bandage point, as the sword kind of spins out and slashes into one, uh, cutting the wings, sending the thing careening to the ground. And while it's on the ground getting up, one of the other bandages lights on fire, and with a flick, the edge that is burned flies off, and that's the sacred flame that strikes the body while it's on the ground. All right, so now you are down to two of them chasing after you. And we're just gonna gun it straight up and hope that we move on to a different map. Erika, no! She was my favorite! That was a good yes. <laughs> 
Yes, that's a coffee order. Oh, it's so complicated. No one else ever gets it right. Oh, Fia, Fia forgot my honey. That was one time. Uh, they gotta learn from now. Oh, she'll never learn now. Oh, uh, three, they actually die. Yeah. Uh, It'll take some time to regenerate. But they're never the same. That's true. They're never the same. <laughs> All right, so as you peel off out of there, you make your way out of this little snowy enclave towards a large ice palace. It's very Fortress of Solitude, and the Iranis are still hot on your tail. Agor says to you as you're driving away, I'll do my best to keep them off, but this is where Thanatos resides. I would not linger long. Detaches the steering wheel, <laughs> sprints inside with it. <laughs> Imhotep, before you run in, I'll have the Irenes take their action, Agor take his action, and then you can run in. Okay. So that was a 14 and a nat 1. It's meat to beat, then they hit me. You're 17, don't forget. Oh, wait, you're off the... I'm not in the, I'm not in the Warthog anymore. Uh. Yeah. I'll get clapped. <laughs> <laughs> so one of them will hit, and the other one with their nat 1 will mourn the loss of Erica and lose their next turn. <laughs> oh. But the one that does hit will hit you for 10 damage. Okay. That's not terrible. Agor's gonna try to unload with that turret. The irony that is not currently mourning <laughs> will take 40 damage. So now, Imhotep, you can sprint your way. Yeah, he just, like, books it. I am going to cast Thaumaturgy to make my voice boom, and I'm going to call into the chamber. Oh, great, Thanatos the White, the... Froster of. I was gonna say the Froster of Tips. I don't think we're gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, though. <laughs> Frickin' Justin Timberlake's head pops out. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> oh, great Thanatos the White. The. The blizzard of ages, the chill that runs down the spine of those who would dare defy you, I beseech thy help. And you feel the ground beneath you begin to rumble, and you hear echoing out from inside the cave mouth. Whoever disturbed my slumber must present a good reason for my help. Your home is under attack from forces that seek to bring ruin to it and to return it from its icy form to something that they find more suitable. While you are having this conversation, I'm going to have the one irony whose turn is not skipped roll to hit with a longbow attack. And that is a 10. Which misses. Can I say that as it misses, it lands near Imhotep to the point where he's able to kind of point? I simply want to be left alone. This noise, the chaos of this battle, it upsets me. If I had other ways to protect your solitude, I would. But unfortunately, I require your assistance. If we are to keep your home safe, if we are to keep your home peaceful and quiet, I seek to end the conflict, but in order to do so, I need powerful allies. Strong, ancient, beyond me, which is probably not true, let's be honest. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Your flattery does you wonders. 
Yes. Keep my home quiet, and I shall lend you aid in silencing the rabble. As he says that, I'm going to instantly cast silence. His cave is silent from the outside. Lovely. And he emerges. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Ow. As the elongated neck of Thanatos the Great White slinks out of the cave, he crawls his way past the zone of silence. The cone of silence. No, no, no. We're pulling all the Get Smart references. The cone of silence from Get Smart. (laughs) And he arches up, stretches out his wings. And past where the silence is affecting, says, Your show of compassion and consideration has convinced me. You shall have my aid. And gonna add him to the turn order. Wonderful. He kind of stands and bows. Why does Emotip get all the pets? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna roll up to the final battle with a ZZ sparkle and fucking Thanatos. Oh, God. Jack's just gonna be like, fuck it, I'm going home. I'm not even needed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a dragon. What can we do that a dragon can't? I tell you what, Jeremy, he does seem like a kind of cool guy. If only Lewis hadn't gotten there first. I know, Lewis, this is the problem. All right, and the Irenes will take their turn. They're going to fly about halfway through. They see the dragon, so they're going to focus on what is now the new, much more immediate threat. Yeah. And unload their longbows at Thanatos. That is a 25 and a 12. So only one of them will hit. And they will deal him 16 damage. Thanatos, in return... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Is going to... You know what? Why not? He's going to use his breath weapon. Hell yeah. Hell yeah! So they each (laughs) need to make a con save. (laughs) 17 and a 17. The threshold is 23. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the stat block just because... Are you going to make them roll or are you just going to give them the flat damage? I'm just going to give them the flat damage. So they're each going to take 72 damage. (laughs) That's a, that's a little damage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's not that bad. <laughs> and now it's Agor's turn. And Agor's gonna fire two and two. So that is a 23, an 18, a 20, and a one. 40 damage to one, which will kill it outright. You love to see it. And then 40 damage to the other, which is not looking great. So, after they get blasted by this enormous pillar of ice that slams into them from the great maw of Thanatos the White, (laughs) they then get a hail of bullets thrown at them, one of them freezing and then shattering. Jessica, no! She ran all of my subscriptions. I don't know what my passwords are. Oh, no! We're going to have so many bills, we don't know what they are. So, Imhotep, now it is your turn. Can I make a quick strength check to see if I can throw the steering wheel? Uh, sure. Oh, I got a three. Never mind. It was going to be entirely flavor. He's going to spin really, really fast and cause the steering wheel to uh, catch a sacred flame and throw that discus style and try and fling it off of him. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> but it's it's still magnetized to his hand. Uh, so like the last. Oh no! So like with the last one, um, one of the bandages uh, lights at the very end, and he flicks it at the remaining one. Uh, give him a deck save. That is fourteen. So that fails by one point. They'll take eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen radiant damage. Okay. And what I'll say, if you want to still, for the flavor of it, do the discus-style toss and have that bring down the sacred flame. Hell yeah. It just, it just he, he spins really, really fast, and he's able to, like, get enough momentum that the magnetic force on his hands comes off, and the, the steering wheel was flying. He is currently on radiant fire, and um, it, like, tings the poor thing in the head and lights it on fire. <laughs> okay. And this irony, looking real rough, is going to try to retreat. Going to fly 60 feet off screen and onto another map. Ugh, you've got to be kidding me. Michelle was always a coward. We're going to have words after this, I tell you what. These are your irony, you know. I know! As you get Michelle off your tail and she retreats to regroup, and make a better attack with better numbers. Yeah, that's what Michelle will tell you, but... You both peel off out of there, and Thanatos follows behind at a leisurely pace. <laughs> I just love this image of the giant dragon moving along with the fucking tiny little characters. It will tap the ferocious beast. Let's fucking go. <laughs> as you book it off towards the lair of Garion. Garion, Garion, Garion. Yay, Garion's lair! Yay! (laughs) Garion's lair! And we are invisible at this time. Yes. Okay, so it's Garion's turn? Yeah, it's Garion's turn. Yeah. Okay, Garion's. Squat up. What are we doing here? Squat up. I love this. Do we know what the range is on Gios? Uh, Gios is... Wall of Ice. Create a wall with a 12 AC, 30 HP. It's a con save if a creature touches it, so I would like to deviously raise it, like, right as Emotep's about to cross the threshold. And if the creature touches it and fails the con save, well, then it'll be a lot of cold damage. Okay. And I'm summoning my baddies. So that is our turn. Okay, and how many are you summoning? Um, I want to summon all of them. Yeah! Very nice, girl. Very nice work. I like it, you like it. <laughs> and that's our turn. <laughs> okay, so now Thanatos, seeing that Garion is the source of all of this noise and commotion, is going to dart his one head over in the direction of Garion, the three-headed Gorgon, 
and <laughs> Hello. Uh, <it> is we. <laughs> I don't know what this manifestation of Gary is. It's certainly something. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the most like obnoxious office snob. <laughs> and Thanatos is going to growl. I should have expected that you would not honor my peace and quiet. Bless the blood. We didn't, we didn't wake you up, okay? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was that guy over there. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> you tell them. And he's going to fly right towards Garion and do his multi-attack. Ew. A bite and two claws. Also, I'm going to roll to see the recharge on that ice breath. It is not recharged. Question, guys. Do we want to do a legendary action? Um, I'm thinking a little infernal glare. That's what I was thinking. How about you, Gary? You feel like my little infernal glare? I now yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the legendary actions come at the end, so we do have to get bit first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That comes at the end. But also, this is going to suck for both of us because I also have a Frightful Presence thing in my toolkit, and I think we are both immune to being frightened. No! <laughs> well, damn it. But that first, the bite's going to hit for 30. No! Uh, then 29 to hit. Oh, come on. 26 to hit. No! And I'm not going to do all the... It's going to be a lot of rolling, so I'm going to just take the average damage that they list with it. So that's going to be that's fine. 28 damage on the bite. Then for the two claws, that is going to be 15 and 15. So that's another 30. So now we're at 58 damage. Okay. And that's it. So that's bite, claw, claw. And that will be his turn. So now it is a gore's turn. So he's going to fire off four bullets. Well, no, he's going to fire four bullets at the five ironies that are now flying at them. So he's going to go for there the closest go. one. Two hits, a crit success, and a crit fail. Woo! Which weirdly keeps happening. <laughs> That'll be 80 damage, and that's going to be his turn. So now it's over to Imhotep. Um, I'm going to hop out of the jeep, and I am going to cast Guardian of Faith. Anybody who comes within 10 feet of him has to take a dexterity save against 15. On a fail, they take 20 radiant damage. On a success, they take 10. Can I, instead of it just being some nondescript paladin, can it be like uh, giant Anubis with two giant kopeshes? Oh, hell oh, yeah. Rad. I tell you what, Gary, this guy's doing cool shit. Oh, he's so cool. Oh, why is he hooked up with the loser Lavestis? This sucks. Because I need him to get out of here. Why do you need him? Hey, guys, that's like, yeah. it's like what? 30 feet from us. Oh. And the other thing needs to be fixed. Is it not true, Gary? So, uh... So I know it looks like I blinked, but I was actually winking at each of you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure if you were blinking or if you were doing that like unsyncopated eye, eye wink. It was a, it was silly. I realized that I should just go ahead and vocalize what what I'm feeling, mistress. <laughs> <laughs> No, I like the sentiment. I like the sentiment, Gary. It's much appreciated. But I like what you two are putting down. Shut 
<laughs> I agree, they talk so much. And Thanatos, as a legendary action, <laughs> is going to tail attack. Ow! That's a 26 to hit. Thanatos, you know you're really a dick, right? So that's going to deal 17 damage. God damn it. Uh, all of the ironies are going to unload on Thanatos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get him. Don't be for pointed, Jerry. Two of them will hit, two of them will miss, and one of them will crit. So he'll take 44 damage. Uh, at the end of these ironies turn, I'd like to be a little stinker. And I'd like to legendarily uh, swift sting Thanatos while he might not be looking at us. Yes! Ooh. Thank you. Cool, so go ahead and roll to hit. Uh, 31. A 31 will hit. 15 damage and a con save. Ooh, what's the con save for? You'll see if they veil. Uh, it's a 28 on the con save. Damn it, damn it. <laughs> Does he poison shield? Did I get him? Did I don't. Mm, no, it's not looking too good, Gary. It's not looking too good. Damn, I always miss the proboscis part of the tail. No, sorry. The proboscis part. I hate it. Hate it here. <laughs> and it is now your turn. All right, all right, Gary and Gary. I'm thinking if we want to do any uh, mischievous things for our little friend here. It may be beneficial, this is an option, we don't have to go for it, to lure him perhaps to uh, my little, my little speaker symbol. Oh, yeah. That is an option, because that may affect his saves just a tad. Or if we head into the thick of all the Irians. Yeah, we could do that. I will just go with what you guys did. I cast our whole spell last time. Yeah, I want to be a team player. No, I appreciate it. You've been doing great, Gary. You've been doing great. Yes. Real team player. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your work. Do we want to go invisible? Or do we want to do something else? Um. Because I was still thinking about the ice storm. Yeah. I think center our little winter wonderland on our friend here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. And is it a saving throw or a to hit? Uh, deck save. Okay, and um, you will also take damage for passing by the Guardian of Faith. Mm. They have to do a um, deck save. Uh, doing the deck save now. Oh, 19 plus. Yeah, you're good. Uh, Thanatos rolled a two on his ice storm save. Oh. Heck yeah, dude. But he is resistant to cold damage, so the damage will be halved. That's what I thought. That is an unnatural 20 for the deck save. Oh, sweet. Good for you. Hell yeah. Uh, a 20 exactly? Uh, unnatural 20, yes. That's not the DC, mon frere. Oh, shit. Nope. Unfortunately. So how much damage am I taking? Deals 2d8 bludgeoning plus 4d8 cold damage. Okay, so... 8 damage of bludgeoning. And then Grayson's doing the cold damage. And while you are doing that, Thanatos rolled to recharge his breath weapon, and it is recharged... Yeah, I'm an eight. <laughs> 21 cold damage. I'm down to nine HP. Ooh. Whoa. Yikes. All right. Well, now that it is Thanatos' turn, he doesn't need to move because everyone he wants to hit is within range. He's going to blast off uh. that breath weapon. So that is going to be a constitution save. 
Uh, Gary on the other, other left. The, you know, you, Gary. Um, Me, Gary? No, not you, Gary. You, Gary. Oh, that's Gary. Gary. I feel as though you have not done, like, our saving throws and stuff, so. I don't know if we want that. Nah, go for it. No, you, you're very, you've got a lot of, uh, you're very strong, Gary. I feel like your constitution's the best of us. 21? That's pretty good. Is that, is that gonna do it? The DC was 22. Oh. <laughs> it's all your fault, Gary. I knew it. I knew it all How could you, Gary? Oh, Gary. That is going to be 72 damage. <laughs> but it's cold damage, which Garyon is resistant to, so that's gonna be cut in half. Uh, yeah. But then all of the Irenes will take 72 damage. Okay. Good. And he is going to fly. <laughs> You've activated my trap card. Over your symbol. <laughs> Our trap card. So tell me what the symbol does. Symbol is pain. Our little magical landmine. Uh, this spell allows you to describe a potent rune of power upon a surface. When triggered, a symbol of pain imposes a minus four, minus four penalty on attack rolls, skill checks, and ability checks on one or more creatures within 60 feet of the symbol. It's a con save. Okay. What you roll on your con? 21. That meets. But I think activating it, also everything in the radius is affected. Gary, you goof. We're in the sphere. <laughs> All right. Con save, Garion. Is he much about to do a con save too? Yep. I'm gonna. Literally everyone is within range of this. I'm gonna burn my inspiration ahead of time and just roll with the advantage on this one. Oopsie, oopsie, Gary. It's my bad. Nope, I failed. Uh, so did Agor. It's not looking good, Gary's. Unbelievable. It's a, you know, we, we're a constitution plus 13, and I rolled a 9. Oh, thank God we passed. Oh, God. Oh, wow. So we passed. Just right. barely. <laughs> we endured our own goof. I'll tell you what, we, we make a mean symbol now. Literally Ooh. every irony also fails. Good. Ah, uh, well, that sucks. <laughs> so it's just the two big boys. Your temperatures look at a gore and go, I think we can go back to, to what's his name now. I'm pretty sure that this is just gonna do its thing. I, I'm not contributing much here. I'm just, you know. I agree. When I am not incapacitated by this excruciating pain, I agree. Oh. So I say that when, when you and I can pop back up and walk away, that we just walk away. <laughs> I like your little friend. He speaks some. He speaks some good sense. But I'll stick around. No, thank you. Uh, Gary, and it's your turn. Fantastic. I think we've gone on ahead and aligned. Who wants to announce our final strategy? I think it would be you, Gary, yeah. because we are. Um, we have both done something. You did come up with the. You did come up with the plan. Oh, you're both too sweet. It's too bad I can only do it once a day. But uh, go ahead and say a divine word to our mummy friend over there. Oh, you don't have to. And the divine word is bye-bye, because you've got less than 20 health. So, do I just die? You die instantly. 
<laughs> Good work, Gary. At least somebody's. <laughs> At least one of the Gary's got his head on straight. We are the outcasts, misfits, you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call The world is falling apart, we'll never take it to heart Thank you so much for listening to this episode of D and Dark, created, hosted, and edited by myself, Danger Dan Jers, with artwork by Jordan Nelson. Special thanks to our patrons, including Pyropat, CJ, The OG Phantom, Pink Shy Guy, The Lone One VA, Dire Beast, Sparks Witty, Harley Q135, and Rusty Halo. If you want to join our cult and hear your name entered into the pool of credit shoutouts, as well as get access to our fan Discord, bonus mini-campaigns, and one-shots, then head over to our Patreon and sign up for just five bucks a month. If you want to help us out in other ways, then spread the word to your friends and family, or leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com slash dndark. Dark's cast this episode is Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, The Mummy, and Jordan Nelson, Aaron Coffold, and Grayson Norman as Garion the Archfiend. This episode also featured Kendra Taylor as Calamity James. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Listen to new episodes of D&D Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. Asmodeus sees the boulder to me as a toy, something for him to amuse himself while he watches me. I have plans, and I'm also very afraid that my accent is going to start slipping into the Spanish one that you're using now. <laughs> it's already begun. Because they are ever so slightly, they ever so slightly similar.